congregation, the text for this morning's our sermon is from Matthew 27, verse 46. Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Say, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me so far? Lonely and yet trusting. The theme for this morning, lonely and yet trusting. Three thoughts. In the first place, the lonely sinner. Don't we know what loneliness is? And why is there loneliness? And what is the ultimate loneliness? So in, in, in general, the lonely sinner. Secondly, the lonely Savior. The Lord Jesus felt forsaken. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And was it a real question? Why? Did he, did he not know? In the third place, the trusting lonely one. He was so lonely that he trusted. He said, my, my God, my God. So lonely and yet trusting, the lonely sinner, the lonely savior, and the trusting lonely one. Congregation, young friends, we were created by the Lord. And we were created not to be alone, but to be together. That is part of our system and identity. That we need friendship and connection and togetherness and other people. It's hard to be alone. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Not good. I will make him and help meet for him to give that togetherness and to give that support. King Solomon wrote about that in Ecclesiastes. He said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he has not another, not another to help him up. It's so important to have people helping us, assisting us, caring for us, and loving us, and to love back. It's hard to be alone. Loneliness is depressing. Loneliness can even cause cancer. Loneliness can suck all of the happiness out of you and cause people to feel desperate. Oh, loneliness is, is hard. And you wonder, what do, what do I live for? What's the purpose of my life? Nobody cares anyway. Nobody would miss me anyway. Can you imagine people hoping for a smile, for a friendly word, who have nobody to care for? Maybe they have a dog, at least something. What a soul's pain to walk over the streets of the town and having nobody. If they would find you dead in your house, how long would it take before they would find you? They think. It's hard at night when you stare at the ceiling and there's nobody else in the house. The Lord knows the pain of widows and widowers. Oh, they, they know what it was to be together. They enjoy that. And then the tree is split. 
constant is loneliness. It's hard. Immense hard. And I don't think we understand it unless we experience it ourselves. Children being bullied in school. They can feel so lonely in the class. And they look at other other kids in the the classroom. They they think they're all happy. And I'm not. They feel lonely. Friends and lovers are departed. Dark and lonely is my way. Lord, be thou my friend and helper. Still to thee, O Lord, I pray. Loneliness. You know what? It was our choice. We have sinned against the Holy God. And we did not want to abide with the Lord. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve, his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So they, they're hiding. Oh, that feeling of desolation, solitary, isolated, single. We think of Job. Job. All my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I loved are turned against me. There's nobody who cares anymore. Even his wife was hard on him. David experienced it often to be abandoned, to be forsaken, to be left alone. He writes in Psalm 38, My lovers and my friends stand aloof, far from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. David, King David, he knew what it was to be close to God and also to be far from him. He prayed. Cast me not away from thy presence. The presence of the Lord. Cast me not away from the presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because the Holy Spirit was close to him. Don't take it away, Lord. Or think of the Apostle Paul. He knew all about it. And my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to the church. See? That no answer. Or think of the paralyzed man in John 5. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool... But while I am coming, another step down before me. I have no man. Maybe that's your feeling this morning. You're a part of a family. You're married. You have friends. And yet you may feel alone, not being able to connect and to love and to be loved. But you know, the ultimate loneliness we have chosen for, and we were warned for, is what we call hell. The absence of God's favor. To hear from the Lord's mouth, depart from me. Go. Leave. Immediately. I, I cannot have you close to me. Depart from me. Or in hell, sinners will be alienated from God's face, not see his face, not experience his closeness. There's only being alone, that you're alone in your sins. Then the covenant curse is on you, that the branches are cut off and thrown out into the fire. So there's loneliness. Are you lonely? I will, it will get much worse if we end up in that place. Just, just think about that, about how about absolutely nobody caring for you. 
The Apostle writes about it in 2 Thessalonians, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Again, 2 Thessalonians 1.9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Be separated from God. And being punished by having to leave. So hell is the absence of God's favor. And the opposite of hell is God's presence. God's kind presence. Psalm 16. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So heaven is communion, fellowship, togetherness, holy intimacy, closeness. It's the best. And hell is the very opposite of that. And that's what we have chosen for. In Revelation, we read of the damned in hell and about their lowliness, their lovelessness, the solitude. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And was, was found no place for them. See? Loneliness. Sinner's loneliness. So therefore, in order to be close to God and to have the fellowship and the true happiness in the presence of the Lord, we need to be reconciled to God. We need to be forgiven. We need to be restored in a relationship with God. And one of the first things happening when the Lord draws a sinner out of the darkness is to give that person the realization that he is with out God. And then you feel utterly lonely without God in the world, having no hope. If you may ask, are you lonely in that way? In that way? Are you missing the Lord? Are you missing his fellowship, his smile? You may have, you may be well connected and have many friends Maybe we feel never abandoned. However, do you not miss the Lord? Or you without God, you have no hope. And the Apostle Paul and King David and all God's people, they know something of that missing the Lord, that spiritual loneliness. You know Psalm 42, right? My soul thirsteth for God. I can't come close. My soul thirsting for God. For the living God. He is alive. He's real. And I feel that I'm far away from him. When, when shall I come and be before God? I'd like to be before him. To be before him. My tears <coughs> have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? So let me tell you, the Lord does not promise togetherness and communion with family and friends, but he promises communion with him through Christ if we may believe in him. The, one, the ones believing in the Lord Jesus Christ are connected to God. And they, are, they belong to him. They're adopted in his family. They're friends of the Almighty One. They have all they need for time and eternity. And nothing shall separate them from the love of God and the love of Christ. They have enough, they have everything. Do you belong to that people? Are you rich? Are you poor? 
Are you well connected? Do you have the only comfort in life and death to belong to that faithful Savior, Jesus Christ? You don't think of dying. Think of dying by yourself. You leave everything behind. You have to let everything go. Nothing is important anymore. Not a million, not a billion dollars. You cannot do anything with it. It is absolutely senseless. It's paper. And if you then may have someone who cares, not your wife, your child, your husband, but if you would have a savior you, who would be with you, his, his, his rod and his staff comforting you, then you go through the valley of the shadow of death, and then to say, I fear no evil. Well, that is worth more than anything, if you may fall into the arms of the living God, if you, if you won't, won't panic, it will be calm when you die. If you will be able to give it over in the hands of the Lord, if you will be able to be reconciled with Him. But if not, what is death? Well, what a horrible thing is dying when you're not prepared, when you're alone and have no God and no Savior and no forgiveness. Nothing. And you have to just go alone. It's hard to be a widow. It's hard to be a widower. But to be without God is worse. Because there are widows with God. And widowers with God. And there are people who haven't lost children, but they have a God. There are people that have everything, and they didn't lose anyone yet. There's no God. What's, what's, what's worse? Lonely sinner. Let's go to the second thought. The lonely Savior. We have talked about loneliness. We may sometimes feel very lonely, but never so lonely as Christ on the cross. That loneliness was just, there are no words to describe that. That was the experience of hellish agonies. And he exclaimed it. He cried with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, Lana, Sabachthani. Now you know what Eli means, right? El, God. And Eli, my God. Two times. Eli, Eli, my God, my God. And Lama means why? And Sabachthan is forsake. And Sabachthanai is to forsake me. So my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou left me? Why hast thou abandoned me? Why am I alone here? That feeling of forsakenness of Christ on the cross, I think, is the deepest suffering I find anywhere in the Bible. The deepest suffering of Christ in his hell's agonies, having to say, Eli, Eli, Lama Sebekna, that pain, that desolation, that loneliness is, I would say, infinite. Martin Luther, the great reformer, looked also at this text. He saw it in the Bible as well, right? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he thought, I go to my study, and I close the door behind me. I'm going to take a few hours to let this sink in, he wrote. For a few hours, he just pondered. My God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? And he forgot to eat. He was just absorbed by that question. What does that mean? He could not get it. He could not get behind it. He said, how is it possible? How can God be forsaken by God? 
And finally he stood up and he broke out in a cry, God forsaken by God. How can that be? And he had to admit, after many hours of thinking, that he had not come any closer to the reality of it. He could not understand it. He was puzzled. He knew less than before. But such a mystery. How can the first person, the second person being forsaken? That cannot be. God cannot be forsaken by God. But as a mediator, he can. In order to understand those words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We need to go to the Psalms. Psalm 22. It's, it's, it's a quotation. And I think we need to study Psalm 22 in detail in order to understand this text. So maybe this afternoon after lunch, you can read Psalm 22, if I may, if I may suggest. And then see how many verses refer to Christ. And how many verses, how many verses refer to the cross. So here are a few verses already. Psalm 22, verse 1. Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? That's also the Lord Jesus, right? It's the Messianic Psalm, Psalm 22. Why art thou so far from me, so far from helping me? That's the Lord Jesus speaking. My God, why are you so far? Why are you so far from helping me? The words of my roaring. His soul was roaring. The Messiah seems to pray in vain in Psalm 22. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. There was the Lord Jesus on the cross. He was crying to his father. He did not hear him. He turned his away from him. Oh, the Lord Jesus felt the same way. He felt like a worm. A worm. Nobody cares for a worm, right? You step on a worm. You don't love a worm. You don't have a pet worm. He feels like a worm, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. And the Lord Jesus on the cross, they were wagging their heads and stick out their lips. We would stick out our tongue and just ridicule him. And as the Lord Jesus did, he was so alone. And they, they that see me laugh, me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head. But Jesus felt kind of surrounded by, by dogs, by a pack of wild dogs, by bulls also. Many bulls have come past me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. Oh, the Lord Jesus had such a loneliness you cannot imagine. And the Messiah felt weak, had no strength. All his bones were out of joint, his heart melting. I am poured out like water, and all my bones yet are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bones. And again, there's more in Psalm 22. Just read yourself. Why is thou forsaken me? Why? Why does he say why? If you ask the question, why are you doing that? You're asking for an explanation, right? Is Lord Jesus asking an explanation of his father? Father, why? Tell me. What's the reason? I want to know the reason. 
Is that the meaning of Lama? Why? I want to answer. No. It was he did. No. He completely knew what he was doing. He did not need an explanation at all. He had given himself up for this in eternity. He knew exactly what was coming. There were no questions about it at all about it. So, what, why is this then? Bewilderment? Why? Is it confusion? Why? Is it just doubt? Why? Why forsaking it? What's the, what's the meaning of the why? It's the why of amazement. It's the why of, an exp- of expressing something new. Something he had not experienced before. It was new for him to be so far away from his father. That's what he is expressing. He descended into hell, in a sense, in those hellish agonies, and he experienced those deepest woes. Christ received he the punishment, the fully concentrated wrath of God, the just indignation. And that was new, right? It was new, that concentrated wrath of God. It came all on him. And he was willing to carry it. He was not rejecting it. He was not commenting, not complaining. He was only expressing. There was no the expression. He expressed amazement. None of us has ever felt that to this extent. This type of loneliness. He felt such a distance with his father. And yet... Then no sin. Just before he said this, it was darkness on all earth. Just to explain it also to him that it was the hiding of the Lord's face. The Apostle Paul one day was abandoned by Demas, right? He forsook Paul and let him fend for himself. That there was nothing compared to the Lord Jesus. So here on the cross, we see the scapegoat. God the Father putting his hands on him. He is carrying it away. Before the cross and feeling forsaken, he was intimate with the Father. He was the beloved Son of God. And the Father also had expressed that very clearly. Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And now such a gulf, such a distance. Amazing. There was earlier an unbroken fellowship. Now there's a gulf and a distance. Or do you know what pain it is? We better don't pity ourselves. Will you feel lonely? Compare your loneliness to his loneliness. You will see the difference. Yes, we may express our feelings, we may feel sad and forsaken, but it must be in perspective. We must also compare it to his loneliness, and then we won't get mad. Why forsaken? Why? Because God is holy. Because God is too pure of eyes that he cannot behold evil. God cannot leave sin unpunished. So he has to, act, he has to punish it. What a gospel. What a gospel that is. My God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? It's gospel. Explain that, minister. That's not gospel. 
that it is. Because he did not say, why is thou forsaken them? Why is thou forsaken me? He was willing to be forsaken. So the church would not be forsaken at all. Because he will be forsaken as the substitute. So the deeper the, 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 deeper the, the schism is, the deeper that the ravine is, that, that hole is, that pit is, the deeper it is, the more gospel there is. The more the Lord Jesus absorbed of the, of the concentrated curse of God. The more he received, the more he absorbed, the more he can give. And this pit is bottomless. The pit of God's anger is bottomless. It's infinite. And therefore, there is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. As he is the curse. The father turned away his face from his son to be able to shine upon all them that he represents as a substitute. Psalm 116. The sorrows of death come past me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. So the Lord Jesus found trouble and sorrow. This was Christ's hell on earth. We see that bag of dogs surrounding him. But at the same time, it is the sweetest gospel music. It's so beautiful to hear. Now, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? He forsaken. To not be forsaken yourself. Why? My God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? My God, my God, why hast thou not forsaken me? Is that also your, your, your song? Why is thou not forsaken me? Why not forever condemned? Why not spending eternity in darkness yet? My God, why so forgiving? Oh my God, my God, why so kind? God left him in the darkness to place us in the light. To be forsaken was hell, and the Lord will not forsake his church, but rescue them and bring them to heaven and eternal bliss. You remember one of the most important Bible verses, right? We talked about it also with the confession class. Ephesians 1.6, God has predestinated his church for a great purpose, to the praise of the glory of his grace. So you see it very clearly. There is reasons to praise the glory of God's grace that he gave his only son and that he gave him up to the cross. Therefore, praise him, ye church of God. It's so insulting to Ye that feed the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. It's much in Psalm 148. Praise him. And if you are not hiding in him, if you're not under his protection, then you're exposed yet to the wrath of God. Then your sins are not forgiven yet. So you really need that in order to not be alone. So is it not time to confess your sins? 
and no time to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me word for you what happens, what the Holy Spirit gives in the heart of a sinner when he takes refuge unto the Lord Jesus. What does he say? What does he experience? Something like this. Oh my God. I deserve to be forsaken. Oh my God, I deserve to be alone. I deserve to go to hell by myself. I deserve it because of all my sins. I confess it, Lord. There's no reason in me why thou would save me. There's nothing in me. To tell that to the Lord. But then also, Lord, thou art calling me. That's in the Bible. The Lord calling people. Lord, thou said, come unto me, ye that are heavy laden. Lord, I come to thee. I come. I have no money. I have no price. I don't qualify. But I'm coming. And that's what the believer says, right? When the Lord works it in the heart, he is he's so encouraged by the word of God that he just believes in those promises of the gospel of coming without money and without price to come unto him and say, Lord, I touched the hem of that garment. I will. I come unto thee. I cannot miss thee anymore. I lay my hands on thee. I rely on thee. Now, you may have said that, and you may have sung it, but is it true? Is it true that you confess your sins uprightly? Is it true that you take refuge into that Savior that you believe in him? It's high time to repent, to confess your sins, and to flee unto him. So bring that to the Lord in, in your prayers and see if you can say it. Lord, I confess my sins. See if you can say it, Lord. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou hast said if you do that, you will be saved. Don't, don't, don't fake it. But seek the Lord and turn unto him. Otherwise, you'll be alone. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. A lonely Savior brings to the last thought. Lord Jesus expressed his amazement. It was new to him. Why? He did not say Father anymore. In the Gospel according to John, the word Father occurs more than 100 times. Lord Jesus often spoke about his dear Father. Such a connection with his Father. He could not get it over his lips anymore. He said, my God. And yet he did not say, oh God. He said, my God. And he said that two times. My God. How can he say that? If the Father is so far away, if he feels so deserted and abandoned, what's the sense of saying my God? Well, it is a faith-filled cry. The Lord Jesus is still holding on to his Father. He felt forsaken, but he did not let him go. He said, I don't let thee go until thou blessest me. In Psalm 22, again, we often read about that believing, that trusting, that faith. Verse 4, our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and they didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee 
were not confounded. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. To the Lord Jesus on the cross, trusted in his Father. He missed him. Oh, he missed him. But he trusted him. And he never doubted him. He, he never gave up. He didn't give up. He, he was holding on tenaciously. My God, my God. He was heroic. Heroic in his expression. My God. This fits with Job 13. Verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That's what the Lord Jesus practiced. Though his father was slaying him, he yet trusted in him. Heroic. All things were against him. His father was hiding. Hiding his face. His disciples fled. The Jewish people rejected him. But see how strong he is. My God. You know what God means? God means strength. Tower. Bulwark. Rock. Oh, he said, my rock. My God, my strong tower. He just believed in him. He was holding on to him. He was not trusting in times of sunshine, but in times, in times of darkness. Believing in darkness is courageous. Isaiah 50, he that walketh in darkness has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. How can it be? How can you believe in someone if it is such a distance and if it's so dark? How can you believe in, in darkness? But the Lord Jesus did. He said, my God. He could not let his father go. He didn't. So believing when the Lord gives the sweet taste of the gospel is easy. But believing when your heart testifies against you, when circumstances are dire, is tough. And that's what we see here. No Christ is not complaining. He expresses his trust. He is hopeful and knows that this agony is not forever. He, he knows the future. He, has, he trusts in him that this is not forever. That is a joy set before him, right? Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that he may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. But there comes a time that Christ will have his bride for himself. The reward he will not miss. The future is the fellowship of the saints, being friends with the angels, having companion, companionship, communion with God. God will be all in all. So the Lord Jesus, in his agony, glorified God. You see that? You say, I, I don't see that. Show me. The Lord Jesus glorified God in his suffering by saying, my God. And God will be so glorified in his people's life that in spite of all the enemies and all the darkness 
and all the things testify against them, they yet say, my God, so is God glorified by, by God's people saying, my God, oh, church of God, you for whom Christ is not a stranger, don't doubt it. Don't let go. Be heroic and say with Jacob, I do not let thee go until thou blessest me. That's also faith. Faith is not just a fuzzy feeling that comes over you and you feel so sweet and so warm that bare faith is also believing in him. Jacob was left alone and the wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go except thou bless me. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. A prince. Church of God, be a prince. In spite of all the things testifying against you in the circumstances, my God, my God. And if you don't belong to that people, if you say, I miss them, well, then, then, then think about it, that the call still comes to you. Repent ye, repent ye. Why? Not why. Why would he die? Oh, there's no condemnation. For them which are in Christ Jesus walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Are you a stranger of grace? There is your hope. There's a fountain opened. Be patient. Keep seeking the Lord. Open the Bible. Try to find the Savior. Because the door is open yet, but it's also closing. The doors are slowly closing on you. And someday they will be closed and they'll be forever. So I see a deep abyss in our text. One of the deepest texts in the Bible telling us what sin is and how much Christ had to pay. The same text speaks of the depth of the love of God. I cannot see the bottom of that pit, God's wrath, and I can, cannot see the bottom of the pit of God's love. My God, my God, He will not leave the church. He will not forsake the church, but He might withdraw. He's not leaving the church, but he might withdraw from the church. He might withdraw them in a sense that they don't feel safe anymore. That the Lord withdraws his the warmness and the liveliness when they bring darkness upon their own soul. So there are times of withdrawal that they are that they are quenching the Holy Spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit. But that's withdrawal. That's not leaving, not forsaking. David speaks about that withdrawal in 143, Psalm 143. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fail. Hide not thy face from me. So the Lord's children, still after many years, can experience the hiding of God's face. Cause me to heed the loving kindness in the morning, for indeed do I trust. See that? There's also David again fighting, heroic in his, in his faith. Cause me to heed the loving kindness in the morning, for indeed do I trust. Lord, reveal thyself in the Bible, because I trust in thee. 
Dit is de reden hier. Dit is feit, de goed feit of faith. Het is niet just sitting back and see what the Lord is doing. But it's getting involved in the fight. Like David also was fighting with his own unbelief. And rebuked himself. And said, you David, you do it all wrong. You David, you're not right. Why are you so disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. See the fight of the apostle of, of, of David, King David, with himself, with his unbelief. Hope thou in God. So talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Unbelievers, talk to yourself. And people of the Lord, talk to yourself. And point yourself to that Savior on the cross. Why thou forsaken me? And the Father was forsaking him only temporarily. Because he rose from the dead. And he's at the right hand of the Father. And he continued with saving people for his own name's sake and glory. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty Lord, thou knowest that struggling people that must believe and they cannot believe and when they look at self and circumstance and sin, it's so impossible. But now to yet cry out unto thee, my God, my God, oh, may that be whispered, may that be in the heart, may that be true. Work it, O Lord. Thou wilt be so glorified when sinners in spite of all things testifying against them, yet believe in thee. O draw them, then they will walk after thee. Graciously forgive all the shortcomings and be with us the rest of this day. Help, Lord, the mourning families to know us how they feel and thou knowest how they have lost their beloved ones in such different circumstances. And yet the Lord reigneth. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.